Praise God. Hashtag faithful. Look at your neighbor and say, hashtag faithful. That's right. Last week I talked to you about hashtag faithful, the, the fact that God is faithful. How many know God is faithful? How many have seen him to be faithful in your life? And I told you last week we found out that God is faithful even when we aren't. Somebody say praise God for that. The word said that even when we're unfaithful, he is still remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. Aren't you glad about that? That God can't deny himself. It doesn't matter what you've done, but he won't and cannot deny himself. So he remains faithful even when we remain, when we're not faithful. And also we talked about the fact that God is faithful forever and always. He's faithful. His mercies are new every morning, every day in a whole new way. Somebody say every day in a whole new way. He is faithful to do something for us. And uh, today I wanted to talk about the fact that God is faithful to his covenants. He's faithful to his covenants. And that word covenant, we hear it a lot in church. And if you don't know what it means, it simply means this. It means a binding agreement between two or more people. A binding agreement between two or more people. That's a covenant. We use the word contract a lot. How many know what a contract is? How many are in a contract right now? Several contracts. Maybe you're in a contract with your cell phone company. I know the dealers just switched back and forth from Sprint and AT&T and Verizon and all this. and, And that was a wonderful experience, wasn't it? And you know, in a contract, they have the fine print. How many know what I'm talking about? They have the fine print. They, they have the, remember the micro machines guy? The, and remember that commercial? He used to talk real fast. That's what they do at the, it seems like the fine print. It's like, we're going to give you this today free with no cost. But after all, you know, if you in early, you have to pay this. If you try to change, if you try to do anything, if you actually want to use it, you have to pay more money for it. But it's amazing that contracts have all these fine print, but a contract can be broken. A contract is made to be broken. They even give you a loophole. They even tell you, if you want to end this agreement early, this is how you do it. If you want to stop this contract, this is how you do it. A contract can be broken. And it's amazing that people think today that marriage is a contract. Hello, you say, is he going to go there? Yes, he's going to go there for a minute. Come on, marriage is not a contract. Marriage is a covenant a covenant what is a covenant a covenant says everything I have belongs to you everything you have belongs to me it's not a contract a contract says you know what now this is our equipment I was in a contract with you verse AT&T you verse I don't know why I got in that contract because it was never good and I tell you what, they gave me some equipment. They, we rented it. We were in a contract. Once I broke that contract, I was done with them. They wanted their equipment back. And they said, if you don't give it back to us within seven days, we're going to charge you a lot of money. How many, have, we had it, uh, how many remember Blockbuster? Come on, Blockbuster. I think we still have some Blockbuster DVDs somewhere. We got into that whole mail-in thing. Remember that before Netflix? Blockbuster was doing it. It was awesome. It was like, if you, you just send that in and they send you a DVD, you can keep it as long as you want. And then you send it back and then they sent you another one. 
Yeah, we have some $120 DVDs at the house somewhere. I'll tell you what. And it wasn't even a good movie. That's the bad thing. It wasn't even a good movie. But And then every time my wife would do Redbox, I'd tell her, I go to Redbox again. It's only a dollar. Yeah, but if you don't take it back, how many know it becomes $50? Just like that. And they want their stuff back. But see, in a contract, you have your stuff, I have my stuff. When it's over, it's boom. No, but in a covenant, what is yours is mine. Come on. When I made that covenant with April on May 26, 2006, you know what happened that day? I said... Everything that I have now is yours. And everything you have is yours. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> and everything I want to get is yours. And everything that I didn't get because I wanted to get, you got yours. I tell you, it's amazing how that covenant works. But, but that's the way it is. It's like what yours is mine and what's mine is yours. And we're in this thing together. Come on. Look at somebody say, we in it together. <laughs> and we still together come on it's like we in it together no matter what come hell or high water we ain't at the end of the day we're in covenant right the end of the day we're in covenant you're not taking your stuff and going home no we're gonna fight this out if we gotta hug it out roll around on the floor we're in it together so that's what covenant is. It's a binding agreement between two or more people. And God is a covenant-making God. Somebody say amen. He doesn't have contracts. He's a covenant-making God. And he's a covenant-keeping God. Hallelujah. I love that. In the Old Testament, what they would do is they would break covenant. They would cut covenant. Come up and help me here, Walter, if you would. Come on, come on up here and give Walter a great big round of applause as he comes on up here. Now, back in the day, they would cut what is called cutting covenant. So two brothers would come together. Stand right here. So my name would be Eric Farmer, and your name would be Walter Hunter. Okay, and so what Walter does is he hunts. He is mean with a bow. I mean, a sling, a bow, he can kill anything, and he can bring the meat. Now, me, I don't know how to hunt. I don't like to hunt, but I'm a farmer. I can grow anything. I've got green thumbs, index fingers, and pinkies. I tell you what, I'm a farmer. I can do everything. So now we see here, I need what Walter has, right? And Walter needs what I have. Come on, the Atkins diet gets old after a while. So he needs what I have. I need what he has. So we would come together and we would cut covenant. We would say, I want what you have. You need what I have. So we're going to cut covenant. So we would cut our arms. We would cut our arms. We would let the blood drip out. And then we would kill, we would sacrifice a, a goat. And we would spill the blood there. And then we would come together and we would cut covenant. And we would let, how many remember when you were in junior high? Come on, don't act like you didn't do it. I don't know if girls did it, but come on, Rodney, I know you were blood brothers with somebody. You made a little nick on your arm and you, you shook hands. Come on. And you thought, my blood's going to go into your veins. And, and if, we, if, we, if we just squeeze hard enough, it's going to mingle. I don't think it really did that. But what would happen? And then they would go and they would walk through that. So then they would come together like this. And they would walk in a figure eight. 
So I don't know if we can do this. So that we can go around, go around, go around, go around, go around, go around. And they would walk in that figure eight, and that would be a symbol of infinity. That would say that this is never going to break, that from this day forward, we're in covenant. And they would give each other names. So now you would become Walter Farmer, and I would become Eric Hunter. Does that sound like something else? Sounds like a wedding ceremony, doesn't it? That's what happens in a wedding. You give a ring, you change, exchange names. That's where that came from. Thank you. Give Walter a great big hand. And so from that day forward, I don't have to worry about meat because I know he's going to provide it. He doesn't have to worry about grain or vegetables because he knows I'm going to provide it because we're in covenant together. We're in a binding agreement. And because we cut covenant and it was done by the shedding of blood and there were certain parameters that had to be, you have to provide X amount, I have to provide X amount, and we can do that. And that is what God does and has done all throughout the word of God. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 9, if you have your Bible, you can turn or just look up on the screen. Yamil is a ninja back there with the scriptures. So Deuteronomy 7 9 says, Know ye therefore that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God, which keeps what? Covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments. How long? To a thousand generations. Does that sound like it's going to last for a while? Yeah, to a thousand generations. What does it say? Know therefore that the Lord, your God, he is God, the faithful God, which keeps covenant and mercy which with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Psalm 89, 34 says, My covenant I will not break nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. Aren't you glad that he's a covenant keeper? Have you ever had someone that made an arrangement with you and then all of a sudden changed a little bit of it? And I say, I didn't say that. What I said was, or what I meant was, how many have had that happen before? I might have said this, but what I meant, no, you said it, so you mean it. How many, I'm that person that if you tell me something, I remember everything you said. I have my own little version of a photographic memory. I, I'm always right. I may not always be right, but I'm never wrong. Come on, somebody. And so if you tell me something, I remember it. And, and I remember at my last church, they would always get mad. My pastor, Pastor Bagwell, if you're watching, I love you. He would always get mad because I would get him in the hallway and I would bring something up. And I'd say something. I'd say, hey, can we do this? I've been thinking about it. He said, oh, yeah, that sounds good. That, that sounds great. Yeah, sure, sure. Sounds good. So then I would go for it. And I'm pushing forward, and then all of a sudden I get an a, a email back. It says, why are you doing this, or why is this? And it says, well, you said that that was good. He says, no, I said it sounded good. I'm like, hey, to me, that's sick em. That's like saying sick em to a dog. It sounds good. Let's go for it. And then finally one day he said, I'm tired of you getting me. He's like, I'm tired of all these hallway conversations. <laughs> he said, you always get me pinned up in the hallway, and then I say something, you take off with it. I'm like, yeah, because you said it and your word is your bond man come on and that's the way it is God is a covenant keeping God amen he says I'm never going to alter it see sometimes people will say something just to get the conversation over 
I'm going to pick on her because she's right here. My wife does this with our children all the time. She's, she's correcting them or they're asking, Mommy, Mommy, can we, can we? And then she'll just say something. And I'm like, why did you say that? She just wants to get it over with and, and get them quiet. Say, all right, we'll, we'll do it on Tuesday. I'm like, why did you say that? Do you know what Tuesday entails? I don't know. I just wanted them to be quiet. And then what do kids do? Come Monday, they're like, remember tomorrow we're going to, and she's like, what are you talking about? You said, you said Tuesday. And then all day Tuesday, you better do it because now (laughs) I won't say it, (laughs) but you better do it. And that's the way it is. God says, I will not alter the word that has gone out of my lips. Hashtag faithful. God is faithful to his covenants. I want to just quickly uh, mention seven covenants that are in the Bible. And I'm not going to teach on these. I could really, and we might come back on a Wednesday and teach through all these. But seven covenants of the Bible. There's the Adamic covenant. There's the covenant between God and Adam. And we see that in the garden. We see that he was told, go have dominion, subdue, go into the garden, do those things. And the covenant agreement was, you can have everything here. Now, here, this is what is needed. Every covenant has promises. Say promises. Terms, blood, and a seal. Every covenant has that. Has promises, terms, blood, and a seal. And it's kind of like that in contracts too, right? You have, you have promises. This is what I'm going to give you. These are the terms of the agreement. And blood. What is the blood? Do re me, right? You got to give, you got to come off of something. You got to pay a little something. Even if we, we're going to charge you $1, you got to pay something. Even if it's free trials, how many hate those free trials? We're just going to take your credit card number. It's a free trial. We're going to, we're going to charge one penny. Yeah. And then when you forget about the free trial, we paid stinking ancestry.com for Two and a half years. I think, no, it was <laughs> four or five months because every month it came around. I'm like, ah, April, cancel this thing. And we don't, still don't know where we came from. <laughs> I tell you what, after all that. But they want something. So every covenant has promises, terms, blood, and a seal. In the Adamic covenant, we see the promise was the garden. You can have everything here. We see that the terms were what? You can have everything except... One tree. It's right there. Don't touch it. And those were the terms. And then the, the seal, the blood. We, we know that blood was shed, that all that. And then we see the seal. So then we see the Noahic, um, Noahic covenant, the covenant with Noah. It was protection from the flood. And we see there, if you come into the ark, you're going to be protected. And then God comes after that and says, you know what? Because I love you so much and I've got a covenant with you, I'm never going to destroy the earth with a flood again. Somebody say amen. You may not realize that. How many realize that's what a rainbow is for? A rainbow is God's promise. The Bible says a rainbow is God's promise that he will never destroy the earth again by water. How many know the rainbow has been tainted lately? Uh, It's been taken over. They've been trying to take it over with something that is against God's promise. But what it is right here, it's saying, I will never destroy the earth again by a flood. So every time you see that rainbow, you say, God is a covenant-keeping God. 
They never have to be afraid. When it rains, how many think about that? If you were on the ark, you're part of Noah's family. Think about it. The next time it rained, you would be scared to death. If you were out somewhere and it started, you felt a drop, you'd be heading home, getting some, looking for some nails and some boards. <laughs> Come on. It's like, man, what's going on? But God said, remember, there's a rainbow. You've got a covenant. I'm not going to destroy that again. And I really feel like somebody needs to get that today. That God has made a covenant with you. And though the enemy comes to you, though the enemy tries to tell you you're going to be destroyed, tries to tell you you're not going to make it, guess what? You have a covenant father that says you're not going to be destroyed. Come on, I told you a couple weeks ago, you're knocked down but not destroyed. You're crushed, you're persecuted but not crushed. Come on, you're not going to be destroyed. Somebody say, I've got a promise. There's the Abrahamic covenant, and we all know that one. That's the more famous covenant where it was about the seed blessing and God saying, I'm on your side. I'm going to bless those that bless you, curse those that curse you. In your seed, all the nations of the world will be blessed. And he says, you're going to be father of many nations. So we love that covenant. That's a great covenant there. And we know what that meant. God, uh, Abraham had to do what God promised, and he made that covenant with him. But you know, the good thing about that covenant was saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. However far you can dream, I'm going to do it. Isn't that great? And God's saying that to you today. He's saying, look, as far as you can dream, I'm going to do it. That's what my plans are for you. And nothing can stop that. Then there was the Mosaic covenant. There's the covenant with Moses of the Ten Commandments. And we know what happened there, the Davidic covenant in the tabernacle. And, and the seal of that was praise. And praise took us into the holy place and the holy of holies. Then in the New Testament, there's the new covenant. And that's with Jesus. Amen. How many know that that's a better covenant? That's a more excellent covenant. And Jesus was the blood. The Holy Ghost was the seal of that covenant. Amen. And he gave us that covenant. And like I said last week, he's saying the old covenant had to do with me and man and man was going to mess up. How many of you have messed up? You blew it. Man was going to mess up. So that covenant was flawed. It didn't work. It wasn't perfect. It was flawed because man was going to mess up. And we'll get into that in a minute. But God said, I'm going to make a better covenant and it's going to be with Jesus. And now this covenant is with God and Jesus and it's, he's not going to mess up. He's faithful. So we don't have to worry about that. It's already going to happen. And the Holy Ghost is the one that seals us for that. And then lastly, there's the everlasting covenant that one day heaven Heaven is going to be our home. Somebody say amen to that. I know in days you think, oh Lord, Maranatha, come quickly. When you got to take care of your grandkids, extra overtime. You're thinking, Maranatha, come on, Lord. Is today the day? I'm telling you, but we have an everlasting covenant. And why do we need a new covenant? Have you ever thought about that? Why do we need a new covenant? Is it that the old covenant wasn't good enough? That God make a mistake? How many honestly ever thought about that? Why do we have the old? So, you know, the Bible is a book of covenants. The Bible is a book of covenants. There's the old covenant and there's the new covenant. And we have the old covenant that was made with man. That was according to laws and different things. And then there's a new covenant. And I just want to read um, Hebrews chapter 8, starting in verse 7. Uh, let's go to verse 6. This is Jesus' job. It says, But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry, inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant. Somebody say better. 
which was established on better promises. How many know that uh, you like the commercials that come out? It's like we had this toothpaste, but now there's a new and improved toothpaste. And how many are mad when you just went and bought that toothpaste? Now they got a new and improved. It's like the iPhone. Every it seems like every other every other month they come up with an update. You got to update your iPhone because it's better. It used to be that they wanted you to run out and buy the new phone, and I was dumb enough to do it. I had everyone, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and I'd go out and buy the next phone because I had to have all the cool stuff it did. And then a week later, after you bought the new phone, then they did the iOS update, and the old phone did everything the new phone did. But why is it every year we fell for it? We got to get the new phone, got to get the new phone. But you are, you're like, why do I need this old one when the new one's out there? How many thought that way? Man, there's a new one. I got to get the new we were going, getting ready for school shopping, like she said, and we pulled out all the girls' uniforms. I said, all right, we're good to go. Put them on them. See if they fit. We're good to go. April said, it's the first day of school. They need new uniforms. No, they don't. Those still fit. <laughs> long as there's only four holes in them, two arms, a neck, and a belly, then they're good. <laughs> and if there's five, get the needle and thread out. Come on, somebody. I'm like, they don't need to. She's like, it's the first day of school. They gotta. She's like, don't you want your girls to look good on the first day of school? I don't care as long as they're dressed and showered. <laughs> but you see who won because I ended up going to kid to kid last night. I told you what's mine is hers. What's hers is hers. And I tell you, <laughs> I did get some stuff for myself. I had to look good. I had to get some Newman International Academy <laughs> gear because I'm the president of the parent school collaboration from now on you have to refer to me as mr president <laughs> and uh so but it is you always want the new and this is it it says right here for if that first covenant had been faultless then no place would have been sought for a second because finding fault with them he says now some theologians right here says finding fault with them, where go ahead to the next verse. Because finding fault with them, he says, so them, what is them? There's two schools of thought. Is it all right if I treat today? Is that good? I, I was going to preach this, and then I was going to teach this, but I'm just going to treat it today. There's two schools of thought. Some people think the them, some theologians say the them is the covenants, is the old covenant, or the laws, or the rules. And other people think the them is the people. Finding fault with them. Go back to the first verse, or seven. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. Next verse. Because finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Go on. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second because finding fault with them, he says, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant. Oh, wait, that's what I just read. 
<laughs> not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant, and I disregarded them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they will be my people." Come on, verse 11 says, None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them. Come on, that's the better covenant. It used to be the laws were on tablets of stone. The laws were there, and they were made. And how many know they say every rule is made to be broken? And what was faultless? Was it the laws or was it the people? It was probably both. And why was it both? Because the old covenant did not have the power to forgive sin. And the old covenant did not have, was not able to be lived up to. The people were not able to live up to it. And it didn't have the power to forgive sin because the blood was temporary. But somebody say, thanks be to God because the new covenant is forever. Amen. And Romans 7, I won't make you turn there, but it says that the law is holy and righteous and good. So it's not necessarily a problem just with the law, but it's the problem with the people and the law. The law forbids people to do things, and we agree with that. But we know that sinful men will do what they shouldn't do. Paul said, I know what to do, I know what not to do, but I do it anyway. I know what I shouldn't do, but I do it anyway. I know what I shouldn't do, but I don't do that. And so we know that both of them are flawed, but Jesus... Jesus came to bring us a better covenant. Somebody say amen. The promise is flawless and forever. This promise that was been given in the new covenant is flawless. There's no flaws in it because it's made with Jesus. And God is faithful to bring that forever. The terms are loving the Lord and knowing that now he lives in you. You're not just serving somebody you don't know. You're serving someone who's living in you. His laws are written on your heart. And the blood is that of the spotless lamb that was done once and for all. Come on, look at somebody and say, there's power in the blood. Do you realize that the blood of Jesus has so much power? There's power for protection. There's power for forgiveness. The Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Your sins were blotted out because of the blood of Jesus. Somebody say amen to that. No matter what, the old covenant just would cover your sins. And it had to be done yearly. You had to go back and you had to go through this again. And we had to find a spotless lamb and you had to kill them. And that just covered it. And then the scapegoat, the sins were put on the scapegoat. Now it's done once and for all because the lamb of God was slain. Somebody say praise God. And it didn't just cover your sin. It totally washed them away. So when God looks at you, he sees the blood of Jesus the blood of his son. There's power in the blood. There's protection in the blood of Jesus. If you don't use the blood of Jesus on a daily basis, you need to. You need to plead the blood of Jesus over yourself before you leave the house. You need to plead the blood of Jesus over your children. Every day when I take my kids to school, I plead the blood of Jesus over them. I pray over them. I put on the armor of God on them. I make them do it. I bought a little armor set and a little plastic armor. I said, we're going to put on the helmet. We're going to put on the breastplate. We're going to pick up the shield. We're going to do whatever it takes to know that we are covered and the blood of Jesus is there for us. Praise God. 
His blood is eternal. And there's so much power there. The old saints used to talk about pleading the blood. Come on. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. What does that mean? You know, when you're in a court of law and they ask you, how do you plead? What is the plea that you want to enter? And you can either say guilty, not guilty, or no contest. You worked in the legal system, Rita. No contest is a joke in it. Come on, just tell me. Really, that's a joke. If you say no contest, they're like, guilty. <laughs> they, they try to make you feel better. by talking. You can plead guilty, not guilty, or no contest. Yeah, no contest, stamp. It's a joke. I know. They just try to make you feel better. But I'm telling you, there's also a thing. How ever heard of, I plead the fifth. That means I'm not going to say nothing. That's the same thing. You plead the fifth, guilty. But what that's saying is I'm not going to speak. I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to take the Fifth Amendment, and I'm not going to say anything that will incriminate myself. Come on, somebody. Today, we can plead the blood. When the enemy comes up and tries to remind you of your past, tries to bring up failures, tries to tell you, you know, you're not good enough. You can't do that because you know how you used to live. You know what you used to do. You know what you, you used to do. How many hear that from the enemy? And you know what? He never brings it up because he doesn't know what it is. You bring it up. You realize that. We bring it up. The enemy comes. He's called the accuser of the brethren. The enemy comes and he starts accusing and making accusations and saying, oh, you're not good enough because of, you know, you know why. And then we say, yeah, that's right. I'm not good enough because I just don't have enough faith. That's right. You don't have enough faith. You're not faithful. You don't have enough faith. And it's, you, you can't do that because you know what you did. Yeah, yeah, I, I use bad language. That's right. You're a cusser. You got a filthy mouth. Come on, how many know that's true? There's a guy in, in college that I went to school with at ORU, and he had a choice. Uh, I've probably talked about him before, but he had a choice. He was in court, and they said either you're going to jail or you need to do something that's going to reform you. You can go to Bible college or you can go to jail. And he ended up going to Bible college. How many would have taken? All of a sudden, you would have been called to Oral Roberts University. And uh, so he came to Oral Roberts University. And man, I mean, this guy was raw as they come. And uh, he used to get in trouble all the time. We had an honor code, Felicia. Come on. He had to sign the honor code that said you won't drink, smoke, cuss, or chew, or hang out with girls that do. So you had to sign this honor code saying that you wouldn't do any of this stuff that Oral deemed bad. And so you signed it and if you got caught doing it man you got you were in trouble and when I was out there the the university was in a little financial trouble so so instead <laughs> every time you got caught doing something it was a $50 fine <laughs> it was like wait a minute you you can get out of hell with a $50 fine I'm telling you but uh anyway so they would get you in trouble all the time and this guy Brandon poor Brandon I shouldn't have said his name. I'm sorry. This, whatever his name is, Umfufu. But uh, he was he was just raw as they come, and they would be like, "We need to see you in the um, dean's office." And he'd go in there. Now he didn't know, and they didn't know. They went in there. They wanted to see him because he had to pick up some paperwork. He wasn't even in trouble. And he walks into the uh, dorm director's room. He's like, "All right, all right. So, so what?" So I smoke cigarettes every now and then. All right, I mean, is it that bad? I mean, just because I smoke cigarettes and I can't, and they're like, 
oh, really? <laughs> you smoke cigarettes. <laughs> okay, so I have a beer every now and then. Every now and then, he's like, oh, really? That's not what we wanted to talk to you about, but thanks for letting us know. Come on. <laughs> he would do that all the time. He would incriminate himself, and they're like, we just wanted to tell you that we're changing your CPO number, right? <laughs> but thanks for volunteering that information. But I tell you what, he finally got saved and free one night, man. He came back from a service, and... Uh, had a demonic manifestation actually in his life. We cast the devil out and he was never the same after that. Man, perfectly turned around. But it was funny because he would incriminate. And that's what we do so much. The devil is the accuser of the brother. He doesn't know what you've done. Why? Because when he looks, all he sees is the blood of Jesus. La sangre de Jesus. All he sees is the blood of Jesus, and he can't see nothing. He can't do anything. But then we come and we say, oh, yeah, well, oh, yeah, I did this. I did that. And then he uses it against you. Let me tell you something. Some of you need to start pleading the blood. I plead the blood. When the enemy comes against you, I plead the blood. Why? Because God is faithful to his, co his covenants. If he made a covenant with you, he is faithful to keep it. He's a covenant-making God and a covenant-keeping God. And we've got to know that he is faithful. He's not going to alter it. If he said you're forgiven, you're forgiven. If it's under the blood, it's under the blood. If there's power in the blood, there's power in the blood. And nothing can come against it because the blood has never lost its power. Come on, somebody. And that's what we've got to know, that the blood has never lost its power. And we've got to get a hold of that because God is a covenant-keeping God. And the blood of Jesus is so powerful. I encourage you, plead the blood of Jesus over your family. Plead the blood of Jesus over your children, over yourself, and declare that. In the word we see during Passover that the Lord said, wherever I see blood over the doorpost, the death angel is going to go past that, going to pass over you. I don't know about you, but this day and age where we live in, the enemy is trying to come after our children, trying to come after our family, after our mind, after our finances. It's time for us to start painting the blood over our house. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. 